So if you brought your Bibles and you want to turn with us to Daniel chapter 1, uh, we're going to begin reading in just uh, a few moments. But as you're turning there, we're going to notice that there's some things about not just Daniel, uh, but about uh, what is known as the three Hebrew children uh, and their encounter uh, of being thrown uh, by Nebuchadnezzar and being mistreated by Nebuchadnezzar, I should say, uh, and all the um, misfortunes that they had. But what I want us to take note of this morning is when we talk about Daniel and these three Hebrew children, they had names given to them that were godly names. But in these godly names they were given, there was going to come a time that we're going to read about here uh, in Daniel chapter 1 in just a minute. This is, the, uh, this is the ideology of the world where they're going to tell you, you don't need this godly stuff in your life. This is who you really are. So this morning I want to ask you, who are you really? We live in a time where people struggle so much with self-worth. Now listen to when I say self-worth, they feel like they are nothing. And we will preach that and we do believe in that is that there is no good inside of us. But that doesn't mean that there is no good that God cannot impute unto us. And folks, the good that is inside of us is not our own selves. And again, this is some Sunday school talk that we had. It's not that who we are of ourselves. It's what God has given us as far as His presence and His Spirit. So this morning I want to read to you Daniel chapter 1 and in verse 8. And I want you to think about it. The noble commitment that Daniel's going to make, beginning in this eighth verse. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank thereof, and requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Notice one thing about Daniel. Daniel was not what we would classify a trending person. Now when I say trending, what does that mean? What is everybody else doing? If everybody else is rolling up their pants leg, then he's going to say, let's roll up our pants leg. If everybody else is walking around with a certain kind of haircut, then trending means we're going to do that. Folks, the world has this idea of who we are. And then there's this idea of God says who we are. Folks, you want to talk about an identity crisis that our world is having? Christian people should not have an identity crisis. We should know who we are. We should know to whom we belong. We should know what our purpose is in life. But we get so fogged and we get so distracted by the world that we forget that we make a commitment unto God, a noble commitment unto God to do the right thing. For notice what Daniel did. It says, and Daniel purposed in his heart. Now when I say a, a noble commitment, noble just means that's an outstanding decision that, that, that a person... But noble means outstanding. Folks, there is not a better decision that, or there is not a better choice that you can make in life than to do and to purpose in your heart to do the things of God, not the things that the kings want. So again, we're going to talk about the king. You have these three Hebrew children. Let's back up for just a second. To the seventh verse. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. So instead of being Daniel, again, what he's going to say is, he says, instead of being Daniel, meaning God is my judge, he said, let's change that to Belshazzar. So he said, instead of being Hananiah, meaning that God is gracious, 
let's change that to, uh, it says to Hananiah of Shadrach, to, to Michelle, he says, we're going to change that to Meshach, and Azariah, we're going to change that to Abednego. So you got two sets of names. The noble choice is, if the king and all the, the eunuchs are going to tell you this is who you are, I know this is a name that God would have you to be, but this is what I want you to be instead. Folks, I hope that you all understand when I say this. There is a person that God wants you to be, and there's also the person that the world wants you to be. It's two different things. And we see today that the world's coming along and they're creating an identity crisis. Who are we? Folks, today I hope that there is no identity crisis to you this morning that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have been born again by the Spirit of God. Folks, you will know that. And we see here in, in, in Daniel chapter 1 is that Daniel had to purpose in his heart. Now, what you also have to notice is when I say that Daniel made a noble uh, decision that he made and the, a noble commitment that he had about him, what I want you to notice is, is that he had to, when, he, when we read the word purposed, <clears throat> it means he set it in place. Now, again, to set in place means it can get dislodged. Folks, today, if you're having a, this, this identity troubles about doing what God wants you to do versus not do, remember this, God is going to say, you need to purpose in your heart and put it in place. God's word, I want to say this very carefully, is not meant just for our hands. It's meant for our hearts. I want you to ponder what I just said for a minute. Sometimes we think that if we're just armed with the word of God in our hand, that we have found the power. Folks, the power is not just in holding this. The power is letting it become a part of your life. Where it gets in your heart. And Daniel, notice what it says. And Daniel, but Daniel, purposed in his heart. When Daniel had to put in place, I also notice one of the ways that it was defined as, it means to violently or with a stronghold, grab a hold of it. Now, I don't know if you've ever grabbed a resistant child. Has anybody here ever seen a child resist? Sometimes we think just because they resist or a dog we're trying to pick up or an animal or whatever, if they resist, sometimes we just want to let them run. Daniel said, no, this is where you're supposed to be and this is what's supposed to be going, folks. I wonder so often how many of us is the Word of God fleeing out of our life and we just kind of wave it by. I hope and pray this morning that you make a very noble commitment by saying, God, your Word's leaving, but I won't, and I don't care how violently and forcefully you have to take God's Word. There is nothing better you can do for yourself than to grab God's Word and let it settle in your heart. But see, God's Word's fleeing from us. It's so easy to flee away and say, well, instead of chasing after that, we become replacing. I hope you all will agree with me when I say this. There is no replacement for the Word of God in our life. Absolutely none, but it's fleeing and it's running. And Daniel made a very noble commitment. He said, you think that my name is going to be changed? He said, no, I'm going to belong unto God. You see, today we need to realize who our ownership is, whom we belong to. We belong to God. We live for God. We do for God. And it says, uh, Daniel, and it says, He purposed in his heart. One of the things I love about this reading scripture this morning is, if Daniel lived right here in our neck of the woods, right now in the time in which we're living in, they could change his textbook. They could change the laws. They could force a lot of things upon Daniel. But you know one thing that man cannot do? 
They cannot touch her heart. This morning we have to understand is that society is going to cripple us and cripple us and cripple us. They're going to restrict us, restrict us, restrict us. But the thing you need to understand is man cannot touch your heart. And Daniel it says, he purposed in his heart. <clears throat> Daniel could only speak for himself and the other three Hebrew children, which the four of them together, but the other three he couldn't speak for. He could only speak for himself. You know one of the beautiful things about this morning is you can speak for nobody else that's sitting beside you or around you or anybody you're going to see this afternoon. We can only speak for ourselves. What is the condition of our heart? What kind of commitment do we make? Here we have, we've turned the calendar. We're, we're making commitments and we're resolving to do a lot of things. And Daniel resolved all, all right. He said, and Daniel purposed in his heart. Daniel said, I don't care how much you try to brainwash me and telling me all these things that, that, that he knew to be true. He said, you can tell me all day long that God is not my judge. He said, my name is Daniel and that means God is my judge. Do you believe in, I don't know, if, maybe I should say this or not, but do you believe in brainwashing? Where the world will tell you that this is okay and this is okay and this is okay? I've heard a saying all my life, if you let the devil get his foot in the door, he'll slam it wide open. And you know what it is? Is that you give him an inch and he thinks he's a ruler. And all of a sudden, we just give in to little things at a little bit of a time in our life. And all of a sudden, our heart is so corrupt against God. All of a sudden, we forget about who we are and what we're doing. And we might even say a spiritual identity crisis. And all of a sudden, when we go through these things, we say, God, whom are we? And Daniel said, he purposed in his heart. <clears throat> Babylon may have been exactly where Daniel was, but I truly believe all within inside of me that Babylon was not his true home. Kind of like Abraham we read, I believe it's in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, maybe chapter 10, talks about we look uh, for a, a place. And uh, what he talks about is, uh, is we look for a city whose builder and maker uh, it talks about a place that was built and made by God. Folks, is this world your home? If that's the case, then we need to change our identity of who we are. If that's the case, then we're no longer are we going to be the Daniels. Now we're not going to purpose in our heart. All of a sudden now we're going to change our name from Daniel to Belshazzar. He said we're going to change our name. So you see this morning when we read this, are we purposing in our heart? Are we making an intentional decision that we're going to say, God, you're going to reign in my life. And Daniel purposed in his heart. What did he purpose to do? I'm going to do good. You know what? I believe Daniel got specific. Notice how specific he got that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king meat nor with the wine which he drank. You see, there's one thing I believe Daniel found out very important. When he was making a noble commitment unto God, he knew that those things were corrupt and they were bad. You know, we talk about corruption a lot of times. And, and you know what? That, that has its own time and its own place. But I will tell you this. There is nothing spiritually good that goes on in this world that was not created, or not say created, that God is not reigning and God is not controlling in. The good that goes on in this world of this church and the work of the church and his people. These are the things that are transpiring in the world today. But Daniel got to that place that, 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 that Babylon was, was a very corrupt place. He knew that the people were corrupt. And we see here that, that, that even the point the eunuchs was to give them name. And he began to change their names. But he said, I would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. I don't know why Daniel did this. You may have a, a good reason, and 
Uh, sometime you can sit down and tell me all about why Daniel didn't do this. But what we'll see this morning is, is that Daniel had a purpose and a reason in his heart not to be defiled by the king. And when he says that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, Daniel was going to disrupt the king by saying, this is kind of one of the things we alluded to last week was, Daniel was going to disrupt the, 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 the political system by saying, I'm not, I'm not bound to you, I'm bound to God. Folks, what would it be like if our world today, we walked out of the church house saying that we are not bound to the world, we are bound to God. And I believe, in, I believe that we have to render to Caesars those things which are Caesars. But you know, we talked about this in Sunday school, is that folks, God's word is important for all of us. And we must walk circumspectly in the world, being very carefully and very cautiously in the life in which we live. And Daniel said that, you know, you're going to try to come into my heart and you're going to try to corrupt me and you're going to try to change you. Folks, the world cannot change that you're a child of God, but they sure can change the way you behave, don't they? Have you ever seen a parent raise a child? And I've heard the saying saying, you know better than that. I didn't raise you that way. Just because we're taught one way doesn't mean we don't have a nature of some other way. Just because God today is that we've been saved and we're a part of the family of God doesn't mean the world and even Satan himself does not devour to change our influence. And Daniel said, you're going to come along and you're going to, these, that, these uh, eunuchs came along and they were going to try to change their names. And he said he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. You know what our world would say? The world's going to say, there's not enough there to harm you. Take just a little bit. That's what the world will say. Let's just, let's just take just a little bit. Sin, it's okay. Isn't it amazing how tolerant we become of wrong? Why? Because it gives us a longer leash. If we become tolerant of something, then we become acceptable of something, which means in turn the leash on my life, it gets longer and I have more freedom. Folks, I hope that you don't have any freedom of what your desires are, but that you are strictly bound by the Word of God in your life. And Daniel made a very noble commitment that he's purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And he was not going to get sucked in. And he was not going to be a part of this change that the society was trying to have. I've probably referenced quite a bit of our Sunday school lesson this morning, more than I normally would. But you know, one of the things that we talked about is how the world begins to, we use the world just gets sucked in. The world just wants time. They want your influence. I'm always, I'm not say always, but I'm frequently amazed that there's so many ideas out there and they're actually labeled best ways to waste your time. My heart gets so heavy because we want to coast through this world, enter off in eternity all rested up instead of saying, God, let me work for you. God, let me take your word and apply it to my life. And when I lay down in my grave, it'll truly be a place of rest because I am tired from laboring in this life. But God is worthy of all the labors that we can render unto Him. I don't think that Daniel had one ounce of a doubt or a dread inside of him that he purposed in his heart not to be defiled by what was going on in the world. Aren't you glad today that we can make the choice to be not defiled by the world? The world's going to come and say, Scott, you're not a Christian. You're not doing the right thing. Sit and stand. Let's let this be your identity. Folks, today, may we always identify with Christ and not the world. 
Boy, I get to, I, I, and I, this is probably one of my well-known sayings is, I get it, I understand, because there is a flesh about me that understands a lot of things. I'm not going to judge people. I'm not going to fault them for the things that happen in their life. But what I'm saying is, I hope and pray this morning that every person that is here can identify with the Spirit of God about being born again, about a, fleshful, a fleshly nature that we have, and that God desires to rescue from that. And sometimes we got to grab the bull by the horn, and we got to forcefully hold it and say God I'm going to purpose in my heart not to be defiled by the world sometimes we walk out the door saying I hope that preacher got me ready you better be ready to face what's out there preachers aren't going to be with you but guess who is God is God's going to walk with you out those doors in a little while God's going to be with you when you get in your vehicles and you go home God's going to be with you if you need me you call me and I'll be there probably within about 45 minutes I'll be there if not faster, depends on how fast I can drive. But folks, God doesn't need a 40-minute window, does He? God doesn't need, give me five minutes to get my shoes on. He's already there. Because we make a very noble commitment unto God. This world's not going to tell me who I am. I don't know why I keep going back to, maybe that should have been the title this morning, Identity Crisis. Our world is so confused about who we are. I think about this is what happened when Moses came down from the mount. There was an identity crisis. Those people forgot who they were. They had already fallen down to the golden images and the idols that, 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 that lay before them. Why? They got impatient. That's exactly what is the struggle we are. And it says, but Daniel. But Daniel purposed in his heart. You want to talk about being a loner? Daniel said, I know there's some other guys over here you're trying to change their name to. He said, I can't speak for them, but I can tell you about me. I'm going to purpose in my heart. You know what? We're going to leave here in a little while and I wish I could tap everyone on your shoulder saying, I'm going to purpose for you. 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 I'm going to purpose for you, folks. The truth is, every one of us have to do it our own selves. But Daniel purposed in his heart. But there's something pretty important. How old was Daniel at this time? How old was Daniel? He was probably a teenager. Maybe at the oldest. A teenager. You want to talk about a, asking a lot of a person around the 13, 14, 15 year old age? That's asking a lot of a person to say, you need to keep your eyes on the prize. But folks, I hope and pray today that we would teach a generation raising up that there is nothing more important in their life than keeping their eyes on Jesus. But instead we want to bail them out. We title it peer pressure. We title it going along with the flow. And we want to just kind of to blend in with the crowd. Folks, today, our children, whether you know this or not, the world's trying to change who they are. They were all fearfully, wonderfully made. Every one of them. Every I say one of them. I guess I'm not a kid anymore. I, I guess I have to say them. But every one of us, we, at one point as we were children, we were all fearfully, wonderfully made. But you know what happened? Sin enters in. Sin changes our identity. And all of a sudden we say, well, I just can't help it. I can't help it. I had to give in. I had to give in. We heard in Sunday school, there's no temptation taken to you, but that which is common to man. Over and over the scriptures teach us, yes, there is a battle that's there, but God said you can overcome those battles. The world's going to say, your name's not Daniel anymore. Your name's not Daniel anymore. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of psychology behind brainwashing. And the idea is if you keep repeating it over and over and over again, you start to believe it. How many times is the world going to tell you, you don't need to do this or this is not who you are? 
And finally, God's people start believing it. Well, God, I don't know if you're able to do this, but I believe Daniel made a very noble commitment when he purposed in his heart. I believe this was not just a, a, a head conviction that Daniel had. I believe it was something down in his heart. When we talk about brainwashing, that's in their mind, but it says he purposed in his heart that he might not defile himself. This young lad, Daniel, again, let's just say 14-ish, maybe 15, a young, young child at this age has a lot of pressure going on, a lot of expectations. Matter of fact, probably at this age by the culture and even our culture today, where are they going in life? What are they going to do? Some things have already been determined. You know what? God has already got a plan and a purpose for you in your life, and you're trying to figure those things out. I hope that we don't get confused, but we'll always purpose in our heart. God, I'm not going to be defiled. You're not going to change my name. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're going to see is that, well, excuse me, that their names got changed to Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we hear about their name uh, in the fiery furnace and how that God began to work in them. But the world's coming along and trying to change who we are. And he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. I don't know of anything any better than a person getting saved early in life and God using them for the duration of their life. Do I believe a person gets saved in the last day of their life? Absolutely do I believe in that. The scriptures talked about that. The scriptures talk about those that are saved at the midnight hour versus those earlier. I'll tell you this, folks. It, what a blessing it is to be saved early in your life and be able to serve God in your life. To have purpose in your heart. God, this is what my purpose in life is, what you want for me. There's a lot of people struggling right now with what God wants. And I do that, and we, we get into these things sometimes, and he says that he might not defile himself, and that he would not defile himself with a portion. About one month before Passover, they had to clean the house. Because matter of fact, let's turn over for just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We call it spring cleaning. You know, you know what spring cleaning is? It doesn't... By the way, if I say hit the high spots with the vacuum, do you know what I'm talking about? You just kind of go around and you find the crumbs and you'll just clean up the crumbs. If I say we're going to do a spring cleaning, that means whether there's crumbs there or not, I want the vacuum to go over every inch, square inch of that carpet. In other words, it's a deep cleaning. Because maybe there's something there you don't see. You know, the idea behind leaven is that sometimes there's a little leaven. And if you leave it alone and you don't clean it, it grows and it can contaminate a whole lot. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's skip down to about the 6th verse. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? So notice what he said do. Don't just dabble in it just a little bit. Purge out therefore the old leaven. You know what that means to be purged, don't you? It means to clean it out. That don't mean... When I say clean the closet, that doesn't mean move from one closet to the next. Clean out means get it out of your life, folks. I don't mean to get personal with you, but is there anything in our lives that we need to get out of it? Are there things in our life that we need to clean up? Because we have to remember that a little leaven 
can leaven up the whole lump. He said, purge out therefore the old lump that you may have a new lump. You know what? Sometimes again, we talk about, he says, if we get rid of something, we think there's an emptiness. Folks, let me tell you this. God doesn't want an emptiness in any of our lives. He'll feel it. Oh, and do I believe that God will fill a void in your life? Yes, I will. And I'll tell you this. God will fill your life with something far greater than anything you'll ever give up for Him. Do you agree with that? I can't tell you how many times I've said, God, this ain't mine. Or I should say, ain't. This isn't mine, God. But I'll give it to you. And you know what? God will give me something far greater than anything I've ever given up. And God is good to me. He has blessed me when we make those noble commitments unto Him. And we surrender these things. We have these, these cleanings. And that's what happened a month before Passover. They would go in and they would clean. He says, for you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. He said, you got to go in, and I think they're called comments. He said, you got to get all this unleavened out of your life. You know, sometimes the, the leaven is very small. Sometimes we think if we can have just a little bit, sometimes if we can eat just a little bit of the king's meat, maybe drink just a little bit of the king's wine, we can kind of blend in with everybody else. Folks, sometimes it is very appropriate to say no. Completely, absolutely, not a single ounce of that do I want. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. He said, I do not want any of that. So he goes on to say, Nor with the wine which he drank, therefore the request of the prince of the eunuchs, that he might not defile himself. Surely, if there's food and drink that's fit for a king, worldly king, let me put that in parentheses, Surely, if there's food and drink that's fit for a worldly king, it would be fit for us. I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> Folks, it's about what's sufficient for the one that we call the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. If it's good enough for King Jesus, guess what? It's good enough for me. If the meat from His table is good enough for Jesus, folks, it's good enough for you. If the drink that comes from Him, the fruit of His vine, it's good enough for you and it's good enough for me. You see today, we have to understand that Daniel said, I don't care what everybody else is doing. He said, I'm going to purpose in my heart uh, that I would not eat of the king's meat. <coughs> and he would not defile himself with a, with a portion. He says, the prince of the eunuchs. These prince of the eunuchs, these are people that Daniel had in his life. I want to shift gears for just a second. People that you're around. Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting discussion. <laughs> Let me ask you a question before I proceed any further. Do you think it's important with, about the people that you surround yourself with? Oh, 100% it is. If you surround yourself with about 99% corruption, about 1% of the children of God, be careful. I want to tell you this, surround yourself with the people of God as much as you can. I don't care if it's via electronics. I don't care if it's a reading of an article. I don't care if it's a text message. I don't care if it's a phone call. Surround yourself with people that are not trying to change your identity. You want to know why I can tell you every week it's good to be with you all? Because you are people that remind me of my identity, that I am a Daniel, that I am one, that God is my judge. And the world cannot change that. No matter how much they want to do that, they cannot do that. 
It's a noble choice and a commitment that we all have that we might do the things of God. And he says, and he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I'm going to close in just a minute. Do you know how easy it would have been for Daniel, not counting the other three, for Daniel to say, okay, you're people that I know, you're influential people in your life. If you tell me that God is not my judge and I'm not Daniel, I'm Belshazzar, which, by the way, when he talks about, uh, about Shazar, he's talking about Baal will protect. <laughs> we have to understand Baal's not going to protect us. God protects us. And God can protect us from all things. But when the world comes along and says, you're not Daniel, you're Belshazzar. Daniel very easily could have just said, okay, if you say that's who I am, that's who I'm going to be. But there was a temptation and a trial that Daniel faced. He said, no, absolutely not. He said, I belong to God. Today, my prayer is for every one of us that's going to walk out these doors in just a little bit. The world's going to come along behind you. Now that that's over with, leave it behind. This is who you really are. People talk about who they are and they have an identity crisis. They're really struggling with that. But may we see today that, that we need to be much like Daniel, but we purpose in our heart that we do not want with a portion of the king's meat. In other words, all these, the, these delicacies... By the way, if it's a king's delicacy, if it's at a king's table, it, it, I'm sorry if this is not a good phrase, it's not chopped liver. We're talking about the good stuff. And Daniel said, no thanks. I don't want to partake of any of those things that you think are good, for I'm satisfied with my God. Are you satisfied with God this morning? Are you satisfied with belonging unto Him? Are you going to make a noble commitment? Here we are in a time of the year where people's going to say, I'm going to commit to doing this, and I'm going to commit to doing that, and I'm going to resolve to do this, and I'm going to resolve to do that. But of all the things that you can resolve to do, there will be none greater than you being able to say, fill in the blank. But Scott purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, all the delicacies of the world. He said, no, fill in the blank. Are you going to be defiled by the world? Or are you going to purpose in your heart? This morning, I hope that we all make a, a noble commitment unto God. God bless you this morning.